So, uh, hello. We are Backlist and Chill. I am Ollie. I'm near Philadelphia. I'm Senna from Ohio. And last season, surprise, last season, we talked <laughs> about Amelia Atwater Rhodes. And before that, the first season, we talked about Annette Curtis Klaus. Now, mm-hmm. some people might be like, what the fuck is going on? I thought you were going to do the whole backlist. Mm, so did we. We had very large eyes. We did. We were like, that pie. I'm going to eat that whole pie. All 20 slices of that pie. And then we realized 20 slices of pie is a so fucking much, lot. So much it's pie. Sometimes you want to eat things other than pie. Sometimes you need like a sandwich in between uh, pie meals. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I'll be able to have more pie again after I eat a couple sandwiches. Like literally anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that we can go back to pie. Because like pie's good. Mm-hmm. And appreciate pie instead of being uh, so sick of pie that we can't appreciate its goodness. Yep, yep. And sorry for anybody who was excited to listen to us talk about, like, 17 to 20 different Amelia Water Rhodes books, but for our sake and yours, that season is coming to a close, and we'll get back to that at some point in the future. We will talk about the Kyeshara, the Shapeshifter series, which I'm super excited to read. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the format that we're sort of leaning towards here, where we just sort of do series yeah. Instead of complete backlist, uh, I think that that makes for a little bit more interesting, like, like if you're not interested in a certain author, then yeah. you don't have to listen to them for, you know, 17 fucking episodes and everybody's happier. Yeah, because like we've been putting them out roughly one a month and that's a long time to be like, mm, I was kind of interested in, in this podcast, but. I don't know these books at all. But it turns out they're going to spend three years on one person, and I don't have time for that. Yeah, and definitely, when you're listening to a thing like this, you can be like, haha, this is fun, oh, that sounds interesting, or ooh, I can avoid that one. Much more easily with an author that you've never read, if you're not listening to a whole lot of it. So, hopefully... Some people have decided to check out some of those books that we have chatted about in the past, even though we are filled with spoilers. Right. All right. So uh, if you are new to Backlist and Chill starting this season because our first two seasons did not interest you for some reason, or you're just finding (laughs) us now, welcome. Uh, What we like to do here is we are going through authors whose books we enjoyed when we were younger, and most of these books were published like. 10 to 20 years ago, when we were young adults who were reading young adult. Mm -hmm. We read them, we come together and chat about it, we drink booze, we are not drinking Mm -hmm. booze today, Mm -hmm. and we talk about what's good, what holds up, and we make fun of the wacky shit and call out the crap. Previously, we have tried to do the whole backlist, it worked for the first season, it did not work for the second season, but we are still trying to start at the beginning of the author's young adult catalog yeah and just sort of work our way through that way so we're still doing the backlist thing where we see how they progress yeah we're just doing it in chunks now instead of one long fucking bite (laughs) edible small chunks cut with a knife (laughs) so we don't choke yeah honestly right trying to eat that many books at once (laughs) and i really like seeing how an author evolves and develops uh and how their characters and usually their their worlds even if so like in season one they were all individual books but i still Mm -hmm. felt like we could see the evolution of the author in them 
kind of to, to the detriment of the author by the end of it. But <laughs> yeah, we still get to catch uh, kind of glimpses of those like repeating themes and stuff. Um, yeah, that's the most interesting thing to me is the repeating themes that you get with an author. Mm-hmm. I know that our our upcoming one here uh, does a lot of the the repeating themes, which oh yes, we won't really see by doing just one series, but we will see over the course of several. Yes, because we're we're gonna have to come back to this one because I know that season three you, we both want to uh, not season series three we both want to get mm-hmm. to that one. Yep. All right. So who is our third author? Uh, so our third author is going to be L.J. Smith. Dun, Yay! Dun, dun. Clap, 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 All right. L.J. Smith was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Now, you and I spent a little bit of time before we started this episode researching the author as we do. Mm-hmm. Trying to gather our information. And there's some contention on how old L.J. Smith is. Because it varies depending upon your sources, which mm-hmm. uh, none of them are the author. I always find it so kind of silly when there's like, how old is this author? Well, they could be this old. They could be that old. Like, it's <laughs> it's the year 2019 and we don't know. Like, I get it back in the day when it was like, well, on this report he put down this was his birthday and on this report he put down that's his birthday but like we should just know we should just know her birthday <laughs> no, so what i like about this too is that both of the sources that they list on wikipedia are both from like legit books like oh so you gosh. can't even like type it into google and see what the article was like no they were their sources for these two dates are books so you'd have to go out and either buy them or borrow them to see like who what their sources yeah um which you know, i can't do right no. now so who knows is the answer to that question uh anywhere within the span of like what what is that eight years 1958 to 65 yeah so there's it varies depending upon sources she could have been born in 1958 she could have been born all the way up through uh the one that i see repeated mostly is september 4th 1965 but the weird thing with this and it goes back to the timeline issues that I have, (laughs) is that what we do have information on is that she graduated from the University of California, Santa Barbara in 1987. That's when she started a job as an elementary school teacher. So she worked there for three years and she left in 89 to like deeply pursue her career as a writer. God damn it. I miss people having the ability to do that, to just be like, I'm a writer now. I'm going to leave this thing that I went to college for and just pursue writing. Like, wow, fuck you. That's awesome. So I did a little math on it and maybe she was like 21 or so in 87, which would put her birthday at like... 66 or something so maybe leaning more towards 65 like maybe she was actually born in 1965 but why do we have this other 1958 date that's apparently from a a book that came out in well i don't know which one actually references it but book published in 2011 and a book published in oh wait no this is an actual article hold on oh we can click it yeah, I should have done this. I shouldn't have wasted so much time translating that fucking Italian Vogue article or whatever. I should have just <laughs> read this. Okay, so she says that the kids in this book attend the scream schools that she attended and she came here in the late 60s. So there's no way that she was born at 65. 
she went to the school in the late 60s? In writing about Villa Park, I'm sort of hearkening back to my childhood, says Smith, whose four young characters attend the same Villa Park school she attended. When we came here in the late 60s, which is after 65, it was almost all orange groves. There was something about Villa Park I really liked. So it has to be 58. That's so strange because like maybe because she she was born in Fort Lauderdale. We have no information on like when she moved to California, except for this now information saying that she moved there in the late 60s. So were you like in middle school? Were you in high school? When did you move? But definitely you're not three. No. So like the kids in the books Mm -hmm. are middle school to high school. All right. So So you're looking at at least like maybe 11. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it has to have been 58 or 59. Okay. All right. So here's my new timeline for her. Okay. (laughs) All right. This is my headcanon timeline. She can tell me if if I'm wrong. Uh, All right. So 1958, born in Fort Lauderdale, hung out there through, you know, elementary school, moved here in, let's say, the very beginning of middle school. You move out to California, which means she probably went to college, but maybe didn't do the one, two, three, four years kind of thing. Because... At first I was thinking, oh, okay, so she was being born in 65. Maybe she was younger when she graduated high school, because that that happens all the time. Now I'm thinking she was just, like, average age when she graduated high school, went to college for a couple of years, and then did the teaching credentials. Because we definitely have that she graduated that college in 87, before then obtaining teaching credentials at San Francisco State. So she probably was a little older when she started being a teacher. She was probably about 29. Older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. you know, the difference there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes more sense to me for somebody to be in school for a while. Yeah, we were looking at this going, holy shit, how did she get published at 24? Mm-hmm. And that not be, like, a huge deal. Because usually, if you're under 30, especially, like, in the 80s and 90s, Publishers were like, hello, you're so young and you're not an old white dude. Good evening. (laughs) Let's talk about you. All right. So that's, we're already on to weird fucking timelines. This is good. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So. Oh, oh, here we go. I got it. When this article was published, uh, which was in 1991, she was 32. Aha. All right. Or at least that's what the article says. All right, well, Google says she's 53 now, and Google's way wrong. When was that? 90-something? Oh, yes, yeah, so that would put her birth date at 59. All right, so she's 60, she's not 53. So she would have been 28 when her first book was published. Okay, that's not bad. Speaking of books, she has quite the backlog. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She's very prolific, or at least when she's when she's active, she she's very prolific. There are 20... Five young adult books traditionally published. There are two mid-grade books, which were her first books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to be reading those. I have no no interest in reading those just because there's so many books. <laughs> I, I read one of them. It wasn't great. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. There are two mid-grade books that come before her first young adult books. We're focusing on young adult. So, uh, yeah, 25 traditionally published young adult books, two traditionally published mid-grade books, and two self-published young adult books, mm. making 31 total books. The upside is that, conveniently to our podcast format, these are broken up into nice digestible chunks. I am so excited by this. 
four trilogies, one longer series, maxing out at nine books. No, I'm sorry, five trilogies, and then the one uh, duology. So, I mean, that's that's doable, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's good. That's very good. I like these little digestible chunks. I like mm-hmm. that most of them are like four or three books. There's, like you said, mm-hmm. the one longer one. Not bad. Not bad at all. Nope. So, as we've discussed, uh, she was, like, closer to 28, 29 when her first young adult series came out in the year 1991. Now, I know mm-hmm. that we had a couple other books uh, dealing with Annette Kurtz Klauser's came out back in 91. I think this was contemporary to The Silver Kiss? Uh, yes. Which was, so 91 was a better year for vampires in young adult because yep. Vampire Diaries, The Awakening... The Struggle and The Fury, all separate books, all came out in 1991. Followed shortly by Dark Reunion in 1992. This is the first Vampire Diaries series. And I know you had some information for me. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Uh, Interestingly enough, so her first two books, the two middle grade books, she wrote them while she was in college and they were sold to Macmillan. Um, and she feels like they were sort of mismanaged because uh, she wrote them for 12 year olds and Macmillan marketed them for kids 8 to 10. So in her opinion, as a result, they didn't do very well. And also she was very salty about the original cover that they got. <laughs> so it wasn't a good experience, but that first book that sold in 87 got the attention of, I believe, an editor at Alloy. Naturally. Naturally, Alloy, responsible for all your childhood faves. Alloy, uh, Elise Donner at Alloy, commissioned her to do, in quotes, a special high-class vampire trilogy. Mm. She was told that the books would appear in lots of bookstores, something that hadn't happened with the first two books. Now, she will say now that she did not understand the commissioning contract. I mean, that's a very... Alloy, if you don't know what a book packager is... It's very confusing because I remember the first time I learned about what they were, I was like, why would I do that? I mean, not that they were approaching me for anything, obviously, but. Right. Uh, But yeah, she swears up and down that uh, she didn't understand that the characters and the things that she was writing didn't belong to her. Yeah. So they they commissioned her. Uh, All they told her was that they needed to be a vampire story featuring two boys and a girl Mm -hmm. and that she had three months to write and edit each book. Oh my god. <sighs> Three months. To write and edit. Yes. So like, finish it in one month, die, edit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which will explain a lot when we get around to actually reading it. Mm-hmm. She says she worked harder than she ever had to get all three books finished within nine months. Oh my god. She said she took a little vacation while they were released, but like even that couldn't have lasted long because her next trilogy all came out in the same year. Right? Like seven books in the course of 91 and 92. She's got nothing that comes out in 93. She's probably dead during that year. Oh, we should also mention that her next trilogy, Secret Circle, was also an alloy project. Yes. I don't have as much information about that because Vampire Diaries obviously got more attention. Oh, hey, audience. Uh, Vampire Diaries. Yeah, if you've ever watched that, what was it, CW show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yep. 
Uh, so, you know, once we get around to actually going into Secret Circle, I'll look up more information. But mm, yes. uh, it was an Alloy project. It was another one where she didn't own the rights to the characters yeah. or anything else. Uh, hence why it also got to be a TV show that was not very good. And why we'll never see the other ones. Nope. We probably will not, which is a shame. It is. Uh, but after that, everything else that came out was her stuff until she goes back to Vampire Diaries. Right. That is way, like... Okay, so I looked at these when we were, you know, writing down what came out when, and you tell me, 91, 91, <laughs> 91, 92, 92, and 92, I'm like, 92. I don't like, is she ghostwriting these? Is someone else doing this? Is this an R.L. Stein situation? Because definitely when I was in middle school, R.L. Stein, bam, 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 like clockwork mm-hmm. every fucking month, there's a new book. These three times a year, that's ridiculous, but way to keep it in, like, kids's attention for sure so i'll tell you what it is we talked about this on twitter a little bit a while back but it's like hyper serialization right where they Mm -hmm. take one story and just stretch it out for a really long time that's what i was thinking it might have been where it's like write one book split it into three pieces which is very much vampire diaries jam the pacing is all over the place and it is because it's one fucking book yeah, like I know we, for our, our previous podcast, we read her third series, and that for me, like, the first book felt like, okay, that was good, but once you've read the second and third book, it just feels more like, no, that's one story. Like, ultimately, could have just written the whole thing at once. Yeah, and that that is the thing with a lot of these books that were published in, like, the early 90s and the 2000s, where you have, like, eight installments or 12 installments. <laughs> like, it's kind of just books. one story. Yeah. They just split it up. So very different to go from the 90s style young adult books like that, where it's one story cut into installments. Mm-hmm. Versus nowadays where it's, hey, I've got this four or five book series, but each one is enormous. A doorstopper. Right? Yeah, Jesus. That's what I like about seeing uh, her Omnibuy out is that they can squish like three or four of her books into one Omnibuy. And it's about the same size as normal books <laughs> that are coming out in YA now. Oh, yeah. I have the three books for her fifth series. And I think it goes through, yeah, all nine books. So all nine books in three books. And mm-hmm. it's maybe about like five inches worth of books. That's it. Yep. And it, it is nice, you know, be able to read just like these short little things. Yeah. So that's exciting. All right. So first we had Vampire Diaries, and that was through 91 and 92. Like I said, The Awakening, The Struggle, The Fury, and Dark Reunion. That's what we're going to be reviewing here, coming up next. Mm -hmm. Then there was The Secret Circle, and that's The Initiation, The Captive, and The Power, all published in 92. All in 92, and that became a CW series very briefly. Yes, it did. It did not take off. Yep, you and I watched a couple episodes of that and uh, laughed about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Then there was Forbidden Game, and that was all in 94. It was The Hunter, The Chase, and The Kill. We reviewed this series previously. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. super surprised that I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that is probably one of her best. Yeah, because I I have not read any L.J. Smith beyond Forbidden Game, and randomly the last two episodes of season two and then most of season three of the Vampire Diaries TV series... Mm -hmm. Um, and then watched like the first episode maybe the second episode of the originals which is the sequel series on tv (laughs) that's wild so you've seen more of the vampire diaries than i have for sure 
Yeah, in the course of a week. <laughs> <laughs> so after Forbidden Game, you get Dark Visions, The Strange Power, The Possessed, and The Passion. What is that about? It's about psychics. Okay, okay. All right, so it goes vampires, witches, uh, elementals, gin, Nordic things? I don't yeah. know. Whatever it is, I love it. Uh, psychics. And then we come back down to the fifth, which is Night World. Yeah. And this, does this has, this has everything in it? It has everything. So it's vampires and shifters and witches and... And werewolves. And, oh, and werewolves. All right, cool. All right, so we've got Night World, and that is from 96 through 98. So we've got in 96, Secret Vampire, Daughters of Darkness, Spellbinder, Dark Angel, and then in 97, we've got The Chosen, followed by... Uh, Soulmate, Huntress, and Black Dawn in 97, and then 98, Witchlight, the ninth one, and then the fabled 10th book <laughs> that everybody knows about and was never released, uh, Strange Fate. So what's really interesting with Strange Fate here is that I had heard of this long before reading any L.J. Smith. Like, this was the hidden gem that was eventually going to come out. This was George R. R. Martin's final Game of Thrones books. It really is. I think it might have been longer. Right? And and that's it. 98, and she just doesn't write another thing. It's, it's I have to imagine that as an author, she gets caught trying uh, to wrap so, this up. Mm, so I know exactly what happened. Ooh, I love when you know things. Tell me. I mean, this is kind of well-known because she had a pretty big online fandom Yeah. Uh, in the, the 90s and, and thousands. So there were a lot of fan sites uh, and she was pretty communicative. So like everybody kind of knew why. There was just always the promise that it would happen it's, eventually. It's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And yeah, after doing I mean, so much so fast to not have anything well and the wild thing is that at the end of the last night world book uh witch light there's like a little excerpt like oh. there's the cover oh. like everything for strange fate is done Shit. more or less it just was never published i imagine because she probably didn't finish editing it yeah but she yeah just no, publish like, whatever she has now she could you well there's there's a story uh so the the eight-year gap her brother-in-law became seriously ill and oh. then her mother died of cancer oh, shit. um i had heard that she was helping take care of uh, an ill person possibly her brother-in-law but the interview that i read uh she said that she just stopped like it was too painful to write after those losses mm, that's less exciting and sad yeah no i mean it's just one of those things now maybe it's also just like burnout after writing so much Probably. for so many years and because that that's non from i mean 91 publishing so she probably wrote it all in like when was the first book that came out 89 or 87 right so she was probably non-stop writing basically from like 88 for 10 years solid yeah, it's a lot. And then, you know, you get two really difficult losses. And yeah. Just like, well, that's it for me. Yep. A little caretaker burnout. You're like, it's cool. I've got all these books. I'm I'm set for a while. I'm good. I've told stories. I'm good. But she says uh, in this interview that the pain stopped her. And then she says, then one day a strange thing happened. I had the certainty that she, her mother, uh, was next to me while I was at the computer. And that like a guardian angel, she encouraged me to write. 
So this is sort of explaining um, how she came into her next trilogy, Mm. which was The Vampire Diaries, The Return. And that was another 11 years later that that first one comes out. 98 to 2009. Wow. And obviously between the end of Night World and the beginning of The Vampire Diaries Return, a big thing happened in YA. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And that thing was Twilight. Yep. And I'm sure anybody who has even like a passing familiarity with YA can tell you that when Twilight came out, a whole bunch of other stuff came out, both Mm -hmm. concurrently and re-released, to kind of try to cash in. I remember when these got re-released because I was working (laughs) at Borders. Well, everything got re-released. I remember being in a bookstore and there was like a fucking Wuthering Heights with like a Twilight-esque cover. Like everybody was trying to cash in on Twilight. And uh, as a result, LJ Smith's books, which definitely like link up with Twilight, not just in terms of content, but in terms of like pro- probably not inspiration, because I think Stephanie Meyer kind of dead set insists that she never read anything about anybody else. I mean, I, I I can believe it. It just seems like sometimes that happens. There's a lot of tropey stuff that you just absorb from being part of you know society. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know, you can definitely kind of feel Vampire Diaries and and Night World and stuff is uh, something that goes along with Twilight. Yeah. So those series were re-released and then on the heels of like the twilight movies vampire diaries being owned by alloy entertainment a media packaging Who company loves money turn vampire diaries into a tv show very much in the vein of twilight there are a lot of tweaks that make it more uh palatable to like a twilight someone looking for that good good vampires wanting uh love triangles Yes. I mean, not that the love triangle isn't there, but like they change things about Elena, things about the brothers to Mm. make it more Twilighty. At least that was my opinion as somebody who's never seen the fucking TV show. (laughs) But because the TV show, which first episode was released in 2009, they commissioned this new trilogy, The Vampire Diaries, The Return, which was released to kind of synchronize, you know, up with the hype surrounding the TV show. So that's Nightfall uh, in 2009, Shadow Souls in 2010, and Midnight in 2011 because they're like modern YA size and they follow a modern YA publishing schedule. Right. Rather than here's 250 pages every three months. Mm hmm. All right. So we've got three big old vampire books. We've got the CW Vampire Diaries TV show going on. Mm-hmm. And then she gets fired. Yeah. Uh, naturally, the TV show going strong, they commissioned two more trilogies. So L.J. Smith writes the full manuscript for the next book in the new trilogy, um, which is originally called Phantoms, I think, Hunt- The Hunter's Phantoms. Hmm. But L.J. Smith, being an artist, doesn't <laughs> want to go in the direction that the publisher is steering her. Like, my understanding is that her new trilogy as she was writing it, was pretty contentious because L.J. Smith wanted to take it in some wacky directions Mm -hmm. uh, and the book publishers wanted it to stay pretty on track with something that fans of the book would recognize. Yeah, I remember reading that like she wanted a particular brother to have stuff going on with him and they were like, what are you doing? That's not the way that these books go. Oh, that's the fun part. L.J. Smith will tell you exactly what she wanted to do and what the publishers (laughs) didn't want you to do. 
she wrote a this, whole letter this to This author's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but the gist of it is that she was going to do a whole bunch of really weird shit, which probably would not have made for good books. And the publishers wanted her to kind of emphasize uh, Stefan and Elena as mm-hmm. the main couple, and she wasn't as interested in that. Right. She was like Damon and Elena. Well, Damon and Elena, Damon and everybody. I don't Damon know. I think everybody. she just really likes Damon. God. But uh, the publishers didn't like it. They took that first manuscript. They didn't even bother giving her edits on it. Woof. Uh, they handed it over to her ghostwriter. They said, fix this. <laughs> and they Except- kicked her to the curb. <sighs> that was enormous news in the, the YA book world when that happened. See, I don't remember it being as big like i don't remember it being like a thing i remember being shocked when i found out that nobody was talking about it i i had heard about it i guess maybe because i was at a bookstore and people were chatting about it like i had uh an older cousin who was like a manager at the barnes and noble and like she was talking to me about it i felt like not that it was everywhere but if i went looking for it people were like how dare they fire the author Yeah, it was definitely, like, people were upset on her behalf. Yeah. I mean, when I say enormous news in the YA book world, obviously the YA book world is not, like, front page news. Well, even that, like, I just think of things that feel like enormous news on, like, YA Twitter today, and I just didn't feel it back then with this L.J. Smith thing. Weird. I don't know. But, uh, you can definitely find articles about it. You can find articles with a lot of information about it. (laughs) And uh, she herself was pretty vocal about not being happy. Yeah. You were commenting that, like, she she will talk about shit. She, she doesn't pull her punches on that kind of stuff. Kind of sometimes mm-hmm. to her detriment. Oh, yeah. I mentioned it before we started recording, but she certainly seems like somebody who is very emotionally attached to literally everything that she's written. Yeah, that there's a lot of, like, when an author is very much like, these characters speak to me, and they are my babies. Uh, which, you know, you valid, you write this, you create it, you you made these characters. You certainly, her, certainly her first trilogy, it. which was not great, I mean, still inspired the TV show. It made Alloy a lot of money. Yes, it did. Which I'm sure is why they kept her on for the first three books of the next trilogy, even though they were pretty fucking weird. Mm, intriguing. And uh, you'll still see her name plastered, like, huge on these these next few trilogies of, like, ghost-written books, even though she has nothing to do with them and, in fact, despises their existence. I hope that at least they gave her a lot of money. I don't know. I hope I they really did. don't. We have no way of knowing at this point because she has dropped off uh, for reasons. But yeah. uh, before we get to that part, so... Amazon is it started doing mm-hmm. the the fanfic you can you can publish certain fanfic and, and, and get, get paid, paid for, for it. it yeah which again that was another big thing when that happened it was like mm-hmm. wow now people can start doing fanfic and not just posting it up on you know the semi defunct fanfiction.net or over mm-hmm. on AO3 or something like that you can actually just put it up there and you know make a buck or two yeah like this kindle porn self pub stuff that you see a lot on amazon it can now be licensed properties <laughs> give me a licensed smut yep um 
Vampire Diaries, being popular at the time, was one of the properties that Amazon either licensed or was allowed to use for this program. So you can publish. I don't know if it's still a thing that you can do, but uh, at the time, you could publish Vampire Diaries fanfic and sell it on Amazon legally. And it was totally cool. <laughs> so so you're the author and you've been yeah. fired and you've got these manuscripts. And now there's nobody to tell you there's no. There's no one who can say you can't. <laughs> So it was Vampire Diaries, Evansong or Evensong, Paradise Lost in 2014, and The War of the Roses in 2014. Uh, they have some choice covers, I'll say that. The covers are so, oh. Uh, they're about on par with the, the graphic design on most of her site. Which makes me sad, because, like, she could definitely, I know that she... There's no reason for her to get a really good cover, but she could definitely have paid some some oh, fan a sure. hundred bucks. Well, even like a kind of syncing them up with like the very simple cover design of the rest of the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, re-releases. I was definitely expecting them to look more like they go in line with the series. Mm-hmm. But you know what? She wants what she wants. Fuck marketing. And, like, this shit's it's still up there on best-selling. I bought it on sale, like, not too long ago. It still goes on Kindle sale. And they'll fucking email you about amazing. it. Amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing. I hope that she's getting all kinds of money for it. It's wild, right? Like, this is being the ultimate big-name fan in your own fucking fandom. <laughs> You're like, I have the top-selling Vampire Diaries fanfic because I'm the fucking author. <laughs> Right? I'm not just getting kudos for this shit. I'm getting your fucking cash. Right? Direct to me your monies. I mean, I, if for for something like self-publishing literal fanfiction, you can't ask for a better platform. Nope. So you've just sent me the promo pic, which is Evan's song for Vampire Diaries, and it's got Paradise Lost, The War of the Roses, and then something called Into the Wood. Mm-hmm. Does she have yet another series that she's got this one last book that she just can't? Holy shit. Yep. No, this is so, so sad to me. Listen, so if you go to her Wikipedia page and you look at the list of, like, her series, like, they all have one book at the end that's, like, TBA. Into the Vampire Diaries, Even Song, Paradise Lost, The Word of the Roses, and Into the Wood, TBA. And then you go down to uh, Forbidden Game, you've got The Hunter, The Chase, The Kill, Rematch, TBA. No! You go to Dark Fucking Visions, The Strange Power, The Possessed, The Passion, Blind Sight, TBA. The Wild World series, her what? very first fucking middle grade, not been touched in 30 fucking years books. The Night of the Solstice, Heart of Valor, Mirrors of Heaven, TBA. Why? Because she just does this. She just announces like, oh, when I'm finished with this thing that I'm never going to be finished with, I'll work on this next series, this sequel to fucking uh, Forbidden Game, the sequel to Dark Visions. Ugh. Like, it's coming, guys, I promise. At least I'm not excited for the sequel to Forbidden Game because I liked where it wrapped and like, I don't need it. We should probably all be grateful that these things are never going to exist yeah. because but it does, the series were fine. It is sad to be like, so the Night World, what's it called? I can't remember. Strange Fate. Strange Fate. That one, I'm sad for everybody who was like super into it because clearly that's supposed to wrap up the plot 
But all these other ones, it's fine. They don't have to exist. But just, uh, it feels like, so I've got so many weird problems, but like, it's such a fucking ADHD thing to be like, <laughs> I can get through all of this except for the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm powering through all this shit. Can't finish it. <laughs> just blocked. Nothing. And then you said she's got a shit ton of short stories on her websites. Oh, yeah. So, like, after her hiatus from, like, what was it, 96 to... It was 98 to 20... uh, 98 to 2009. Yep. So she came back from that with, like, her new website. And on the website, there's a whole bunch of short stories. So if you want to go read, like, the first couple chapters of Strange Fate, you could do that. Oh, nice. There's, like, uh, short stories from... Night World. There's short stories from Vampire Diaries. There's short stories from basically everything she's ever written. Yeah. So you can go and you can 100% read all of L.J. Smith's fanfiction for her own books at her website. Fucking beautiful. Uh, she will even give them to you in PDF and I, I really need to do that. I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't. You should do it. But uh, what comes with that fucking website is also knowing that, like, anytime anybody asks, she's definitely, for sure, working on Strange Fate. But oh my gosh, guys, Strange Fate has spun into two books. Uh, And it's just gotten too large. And you know what, guys? A big plot point in Night World, the end of it, was that everything was going to culminate during the millennium, (laughs) the year of our Lord 2000. That's okay, though. I'm totally cool with reading historical fiction. No, listen, though. She's got a fix for that, and that fix is called A Time Bubble. No. I read one of those fucking Night World stories, and they were blabbing on and on about that fucking time bubble where apparently it's still like the year 2000 or something. It's a real problem. At this point, we probably should never get Strange Fate because it's probably some kind of monster. It's time has has passed. Gehenna is over. <laughs> I know, right? Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> so I found an interview with her. Kind of the last thing that I could find where she was talking about what she was doing. Um, and she says, uh, I'm working on three new works. One is Strange Fate the last book in the Night World series. Mm. The other is something called The Last Lullaby, which sold a year ago to Farrah, Strauss, and Giroux in the US. So, like, she sold this thing. What year is this interview? I am not sure. Um, She says it'll come out in the fall of 2014. Oh, shit. Maybe it was renamed something. But she didn't publish anything. (gasps) She didn't. No. Wait, wait. What was the name of it? The Last Lullaby. And you can find information about it on her site. All right. Some kind of Gaelic fantasy. Yep. All right. And the third thing was uh, a surprise. She says, I think many people will be surprised when I unveil it. I hope they will be excited. I can't give an exact date right now as for when it will come out, but it will be sooner than next fall. Mm. So as far as I can tell, that's basically the last thing she talked about writing. Yeah, and honestly, it probably is because in late 2015, Smith was diagnosed with granulomatosis with polyangitis. I believe I said that correctly. Apologies if I did not. And that is a pretty deadly disease Mm -hmm. from the looks of it. I'm not going to go into it. If you want to look into it, people, you can. But it's not been good for her. It wasn't like, oh, I have been diagnosed with something that makes it a little bit harder for my life. 
to be the way it is, but I'm I'm still going. This has basically full stop ended what she was planning on doing. Yeah, the last uh, blog post that she posted on her blog was in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was basically about her illness and and how, what it was like for her uh, while she was hospitalized with it. And it sounded pretty terrible. Yeah. So it's like you have 10 years of being a super prolific author and then you stop because your brother-in-law dies? Said he had an illness and his her mother died. So you're helping your sister with your, your nieces and nephews. And then your mother dies from lung cancer. And this, it takes 10 years for you to be able to sit back down and write again. And you do. And you write from, you know, that point. You publish in 2009, 2010, 2011. You get fired. Because you're too weird. And then in 2014, you self-pub and you're ready to come back. You've just sold another book to somebody. You have mentioned Strange Fate again. Uh, you've got something else coming out that people should be really excited about. And then the next year you get diagnosed with something terrible. Yeah. Like, I just have to assume she's still in burnout right now. Dealing with, you know, life-threatening illnesses. I wonder, because uh, like I said, she hasn't posted anything on her website in like she's been like hacked a bunch three years. She's been hacked on her Facebook and her Twitter and hasn't done anything about it. I don't know. Sometimes I will I anybody wonder? tell us? I hope that we would know. I would hope so too, because like she clearly like she has fans. You can yeah. go to her site and even on those fucking um, hacked tweets, there's still people being like, "When when is Strange no. coming out?" Leave her alone. She's dealing with sickness. But, like, no. Like, I've loved LJ Smith since I was, like, nine or ten years old. Yeah. If something ever happens to her, I want to know well, no. because that'll be sad. You yeah. know? But you want to pay your respects. Yeah, absolutely. This is a weird way to pay your respects by drinking <laughs> and, and talking about her books. <laughs> but, you know, she was fucking wacky. <laughs> I mean, listen, those those first few books are pretty rough, but a lot of it holds up, and there'll be some fun, dramatic readings, but I'm I mean, excited. there's good shit into this, too, and I'm sure that, like, there'll be some fucking praise in there as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, we're gonna be reading these books that are almost 30 years old. They have inspired generations of vampire fanfic and stories. They've inspired TV shows. It's going to be a good time. Fucking buckle up. <laughs> All right. And once we are done with this quartet, we'll see how we're doing. And we'll announce another author privately to patrons as we have done with this tier. So if you saw that little post and you couldn't click on it, it means that it was us announcing who it was, which is Ellie Smith, as you now know. <laughs> and, and yeah, and then we're going to put out a new podcast at a steady pace as we have been doing, but not on a schedule. So if you want to get in on that before it is released to the public, just join us up on the, I believe it is the chiller tier, the $2 a month kind of thing. And you mm -hmm. will get to see it, you know, a couple weeks before anybody else. Yep. Well, hear it. You can't see this shit. <laughs> you should see it, though. Google shit. everything that we've talked about. It's all wonderful. <laughs> all right. You can find me, Ollie, over at Twitter at Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. And you can find us on Twitter with Backlist Podcast. 
You can also find us on patreon.com slash backlist and chill and me on Twitter at endless underscore run. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good time. Welcome to the third season of Backlist and Chill. Thanks for yeah. joining. Bye. Bye.